Well, good morning and thank you for joining us today on Tetelestai. We celebrate the finished work of Jesus Christ and part of the finished work of Jesus Christ is the victory that he has given us over evil. We're in the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians and we have been talking about the armor of God over the last week and a half. We've been discussing the importance of this armor. We've been talking about the spiritual war that we're in. We've talked about the fact of Satan's strategies and primarily his assault, his attack is on interpersonal relationships within the body of Christ. Uh, obviously, those interpersonal relationships go all the way down to begin in the homes and, and begin in a relationship with our spouses, our children, our parents, our brothers and sisters. And then, of course, it expands out our neighbors, work, our brothers and sisters in the Messiah, both Jew and Gentile. Satan's assault is to create destruction, division, dissension, strife, contention, all of those things in our interpersonal relationships. And Paul admonishes us to put on the whole armor of God. This armor is from God to God. Uh, this armor is, it belongs to God. This armor is God. This armor is Christ's life in us and the different aspects of Christ's nature and character that we are clothed with because of the gift of of grace, and that we are called upon to appropriate these aspects of his nature and character as we walk with him in order to battle the assaults of Satan against our relationships with other people. But you know, there is a false armor out there too. Um, an armor that religious people wear. And you know, it's an armor that does not protect against the wiles of the devil, against the schemes of Satan. Actually, this armor suits him perfectly. And it's an armor that he loves to see people who profess to follow Jesus as their Messiah. He loves to see them wearing this. Let's take, for example, a worldly Christian person who is very worldly and carnal. Their armor would say, you know, in this passage, be strong in yourself and in the power of your might. Trust in your own strength. Trust in your own wisdom. Trust in your own might in order to overcome the temptations that will come your way. You can do it. You can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You have the divine spark within you. You are a little God. So, Trust in that strength that you possess. Take up the helmet of salvation. No, 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 no. Well, or let's say, let's just start out. Would they have their loins girded about with truth? Will they have a utility of truth belt buckled around their waist? No, they will have their loins girded with the belt of popular opinion. Truth won't matter. They're going to go with whatever everybody else in society and culture is saying as to what is popular. May not be right, may not be true, it may not be righteous or holy, but they're going to do it because that's what everybody else says and thinks. Or maybe put it on a breastplate of righteousness. No, 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 the breastplate that they're going to wear is not the breastplate of the righteousness of Christ, but it's a breastplate of self-righteousness. You can protect your ego that way. You can protect your, your, your pride that way. 
when you're self-righteous. Self-righteousness, its roots are in pride. And there are a lot of self-righteous, holier-than-thou people running around, and they put a trust in their goodness, in their acts of goodness, their religious acts. So they have a belt of popular opinion. They have a breastplate of self-righteousness. Are their feet shod with the preparation of the good news of peace, of shalom? No, their feet are shod with the gospel, but only for looks. They they can tell you because they've been in church long enough to be able to spout the formulas for salvation. They'll be able to spout what they've heard is the gospel, but it's only for looks. It's not it's not made any kind of life change within them. It's not transformed them. It's not radically changed their heart and their mind in any way, shape, or form. So no. They're not having their feet shared with the preparation of the gospel of peace, but of a gospel in word only, and it's only for looks. Will they take up a shield of faith? No, they will take up the shield of religion so that they can have something to hide behind. They hide behind religion. They hide behind their religious practices lest they be exposed. They don't want to come to the light, as Jesus said. They let men love darkness rather than the light because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. Well, the religious, worldly Christian will hide behind a shield of religion. And uh, that's going to be what they are trusting in and protecting them is their religious veneer that everyone else can see. And then will they take up a helmet of salvation? No, they'll take a helmet of closed-mindedness so they can avoid all the unpleasant truths that they don't want to face. So they'll just simply close themselves off except to that which accommodates them, that which appeals to them, that which appeals to their flesh, that which is which is appealing to, to the, the self-centered, proud, religious side to them. So they're going to be close-minded to anything that's not, you know, going to accommodate their self-centered way of living. And they're going to be shut the door to anything that can, any truth that will confront them and make them feel unpleasant or uncomfortable and may require change. Will they take up the sword of the spirit of God? No, they will. They'll take up a sword of denominationalism so that they can cut up and divide the body of the Messiah. And that's exactly what's happened. They have cut up, sliced, and diced the body of Messiah since day one. Immediately, the wall that Jesus tore down of partition, and Paul talks about it here in Ephesians, immediately, historically, immediately in the first century, Satan began to rebuild that wall. And the and the believers helped him, especially Gentile believers. Build that wall up between themselves and their Jewish brothers and sisters. And then as time wore on, one faction against this faction, this group splintered off from that group, and that group divided from that group, and this church divided from that church, and they went down the road and started another church. No, they don't take the sword of the Spirit. They are proud of their denominations. They they cut and divide the rest of the body of Messiah. You see what I'm saying? Division, 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 division. This is the modus operandi of the evil one. 
So a worldly Christian is strong in themselves. You know, they've got the, uh, they're, they're, they're clothed with a loin girdle of popular opinion. Um, they are clothed with self-righteousness. They have a helmet of close-mindedness. They take a sort of religion. The gospel they're wearing on their feet is just simply for looks. They have a brushplate, as I said, of self-righteousness, the sword of denominationalism with which they are hacking and dicing and slicing up the body of Christ. And as Paul talked about prayer and praying and having it at all times being led by the Spirit in your prayers, watching to the end for all perseverance and requests for all the saints, no, the worldly Christian is bickering always with all strife and bitterness so that they may never get along with the brethren. And they don't. And guess what? Those outside the body of Christ stand off and see this. And it is a horrible witness a horrible testimony, and absolutely 180 degrees opposed to what Jesus prayed for in John 17, that we would be one so that the world would believe in him. Unity resulting in the salvation of human beings the unity of the body of Christ, of Jew and Gentile, brother and sister, getting along together, walking in love with one another, even when they don't agree, still loving one another in spite of that and serving one another, laying down their lives for one another, putting other needs before their own. You see, this is what, this is what the enemy does not want to happen. He doesn't want us walking in unity, so he wants us to put on worldly armor. Okay, well, now that we've seen the worldly armor, we can dive in tomorrow and start talking about the real armor that is the life of Christ in us. Well, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be extended to you in fullest measure. Hope you have a blessed day. And again, thanks for joining us here on Tetelestai.